hello? Is this thing on? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you know what the economy is. I mean, if you don't, we're going to tell you what it is anyway, because that's what we're here to do. <laughs> um, so, um, Tara and I started the economy about two years ago. Uh, two years ago. <laughs> two years that's ago. Gone quickly. Oh my God. Oh, they say time flies when you're having fun, babe. <laughs> <laughs> two months ago um, and yeah we just had this idea that we really wanted to do something a bit more meaningful um, and support other female businesses so Tara's an amazing chef um, she does her own cooking classes make cheese I make cheese I love cheese yeah yeah um, and yeah so you do your cooking classes I love food um, and so we decided we'd do a brunch club and where all the food is just from female food suppliers. Um, so we're supporting the female economy, which is what the economy means. Which is what it's all about. Yeah, it's all about that. And it's just all about, you know, putting money back in to the women that we care about, you know. And we're not saying that we hate men. We don't definitely don't hate men. But, you know, I think there's a reason why women's businesses close down, like like quite early on or they can't get the support there's no funding and we just really want to be like put some focus on that yeah and, and also just build a network so people that are running the businesses feel that um there are other people in the same situation can give them a helping hand have a conversation with yeah also like you know just help each other really yeah exactly so the idea is it's a bit of a mismatch isn't it it's a brunch club but it's also like when you're at a wedding and you're like with eight other people that you don't know when you have the random conversation um the idea is that you come to our brunch club and the conversation is going to be directed more towards the female economy um and what we can do to help and just just chatting about it really yeah exactly you never really know what you're going to learn from someone else i think and the most important thing is we are not um experts in this you know we're learning and we want to learn um, so yeah, so everyone comes and then we cook. Well, I say we. I don't do any of the cooking. I do the hosting. Tara does all the cooking. Um, yeah, so we serve great food by great women, cooked by a great woman, hosted by an amazing woman, me. <laughs> um, yeah, and just have really good chats. And um, also the theme that was brought about by Pip is sort of 70s yeah, so, fun food. Yeah, I'm really into that kind of like vintage vibe and we had that idea of doing the 70s food. Yeah, it's all brightly coloured. It's just fun. It's not nothing's taken too seriously. We just want a really good meal, yeah. really good quality ingredients from really passionate female producers. Exactly. So we held our first brunch on Sunday. Um, we had a amazing panel of guests um, and we'll tell you a bit about them in a bit. But first of all, I'm going to let Tara tell you all about the delicious food that she made and the female suppliers that provided it for us. So we kicked off with Meat Week um, and the meat was amazing. So we had Fidelity Weston from Rumshed Farm who gave us the most incredible hogget chops and Sophie oh God, from Agabaday and Sophie from Lamington who sent a whole shoulder in the post. It arrived in a box... I'm into this sending sending food in the sending post. meat in a box straight Great. into the fridge, and that shoulder had a really long slow cook Persian style, and um, we made green flatbreads. 
We had delicious petal salad from Audacious Veg. Who gave their I know, flowers? I never to knew us. that you could eat. Like I knew you could eat flowers, but I didn't know that they ones. would like taste good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a natural salad made of flowers. It was super good. It um, looks good, tastes good. That's what you want. Win-win. Yeah. And um, we can't forget the pink eggs, babe. The pink egg, the Fakonomi pink eggs. We that was inspired by basically seventies cooking. You know, yeah. just the when they dyed things all different colours because it made their spread look good. But yeah. you want to do that without losing the flavour. Exactly. And not exactly. making it too ridiculous. Oh, and the starter, we missed that out. Oh yeah, totally missed out. Stole the share. But so we wanted starter. to do like, you know, the sort of terrines, jellies, moulds. So we did a set Bloody Mary, you know, as it was brunch. Um, and yeah. you could pour your own vodka on it or yeah, you could like sauce, season Tabasco. it as you want. You had some fresh horseradish on there. Yeah, that was good. That was great. Um but yeah. So that was so we had the starter and then we had the main and then we had Bellinis and um we record we had Bellinis um while we recorded a podcast. And even the Prosecco. And um, yeah, and no it's carver. Well, even carver. the carver. Yeah, it was quite tricky I found finding a carver from a female um, led business um, but we managed to get one and um, so if you are a female led business and you want to get in touch just slide into our DMs on yeah. Instagram because we would love to work with you we love finding out like new foods that we can work with um, and we had some great coffee provided by Girls at Grind Coffee um, we coffee. had Rebel Kitchen provided us with their milk substitute milk it's called M-Y-L-K milk for the world and Tea Pigs um, gave us some teas um, and then we had lovely goodie bags. The by chocolate, everyone. the custard cream chocolate. Oh yeah, Creighton's, Creighton's chocolate. They're great. Just and we had like flowers from London House Plants. All of the stuff has been amazing, absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. And that's so the whole good. point of the economy because we want to support all of these brands that have been helping us this week for this brunch. Show them some love. Show them some love. Spread the word about them because um, I didn't know about half of them before. Yeah. So if you want to know anything about any of them, please look in the description below and buy from them, work with them, read more about them and support the economy. So on that note, should we just kick off into the discussion from the podcast? They're all going to introduce themselves just so you'll know all what their voices sound like. Wonderful people. Um, but yeah, really hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Lily Hirasawa and I'm the founder of Yamchi, an organic kimchi company based in Hackney, London. Hi, my name's Hazel Mead. I'm a freelance illustrator and you can follow me at hazel.mead. So my name's Fidelity Weston and I'm a farmer from Kent. Hello, my name's Rosie Reed, and I'm an artist. I make sculpture and sculptural installations. Hi, my name is Antigone Alti. I'm the founder of Explore Her Studio, um, a digital marketing agency for the female entrepreneur. So obviously we started this because um, when we read this review, this Rose review that came out, you know, one of them said that only one in three female, uh, entrepreneurs are female, which I just, you know, it's not equal, is it? And obviously there's so much focus on like equality in the workplace. Then I thought there's not that much focus on like entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you guys all feel about that. Do you feel like that that's a set, like the same in the industry that you work in? Obviously, I'm presuming that it is, that like males do dominate your industries or do you not? Because I know that one of the um, biggest growing thing is women in food. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a massive growing industry. And especially in America, it's really one of the biggest growing industries is women within food. But I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Well, I'm in farming. <laughs> I'm in farming, and um, we know that fifteen percent of farm businesses are owned by women. Otherwise, it's by men. Yeah. But we have now just got a new um, NFU head of the NFU, who's a woman, Minette Batters, and that's okay. really good. I think to have her in that place because farming is, on the face of it, a really male-dominated industry. But in actual fact, across the world, more than fifty percent of farmers are women. And behind the scenes on every farm, there'll be incredibly active women all the time, especially on livestock farms, yeah. doing all the sort of nurturing work and not necessarily out there at the front of farming itself. But so I would say that women are already hugely involved in farming, but maybe more as helpers than as very active, foremost decision makers. Mm. Yeah, but fundamental to the end product kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah especially on livestock farms. Yeah, and across the world, they, they definitely are. And they're the ones who will go out and do the picking and the harvesting, um, you know, looking at countries like India and places like that. It's, I think actually the figure's more like 60% of farming is done by women in those countries. So why do we think that women are not the face of the Why, Like, when I think of a farmer, I do think of a, ma a man, mm. like, which is obviously quite a, a stereotype, as you know. But if it is, it's quite, you'll say, you know, it's quite high. Like well, you were saying that you often people just say, oh, "Are you the farmer's wife?" Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. I don't even bother to correct them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the farmer. I suppose you think of farming being quite a physical job, and the, there are lots of jobs where you definitely need to have strength. Yeah. Um, but then there's also increasingly technology helps with all of that. That mm. you know, anybody can drive a big tractor. You don't have to be mm. a man to do that. It's yeah. not physically hard. Um, rounding up animals, getting animals, dealing with them, it's more technique than physical strength. So there's not really any real reason why women can't compete on an equal basis in farming to men, I don't think. Yeah. The thing that, like, what I love about social media is that it raises awareness. Unlike a lot of females are using their uh, social media to, like, promote their brands. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's quite a lot of female farmers that I started following on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Female Farmer UK. Yeah. yeah she, puts up, she puts up, you know, videos of, I mean, stuff that I didn't really know exactly how it went, you know, all the lambing and all that kind of stuff you see day day by day. Yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's like a blog, really. Yeah. But why, like, there's obviously lots of reasons why women don't um, start out in business. And when I was doing research, like, on it, one of the reasons is that there's not a lot of funding for women, but also that women um, don't like taking risks. Mm. And um, it's quite interesting because you were saying before about when you started your business because you you know you've done a business degree, um, you 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 think about it being like such a big you know like a big thing, don't you? Well, it's definitely um, I think like a psychological challenge yeah. um to put yourself out there and find investment uh from strangers i think traditionally like entrepreneurship is kind of seen as like a male um kind of driven quite masculine yeah, um profession and it's also interesting i talk i've talked about this recently um with a lot of my friends that like women you were saying like, oh, risk averse. Yeah. And um, like even in like uh, office job or like applying for a job as an employee, like women tend to look through all the list of like required experiences mm. and like skills that you have. And like, unless they match 
something like 75% of like the requirements, yeah. they won't even apply. But men, on the other hand, if they can like tick off one or two on the list, they'll, <laughs> they'll put themselves out there and just like make it up as they go along. So mm-hmm. I think women tend to be a bit more cautious perhaps, but then maybe we're, we're taught that to be yeah. that way. Yeah, it's like there's that um, fear of failure. I know that I definitely have that like feel of fa- failure and it's why I don't do a lot of things. And I don't even think I would have done this if I wasn't doing it with Tara. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I lo- you know, because I, I had someone else now that, you know. To blame if all goes wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's someone, there's, there's someone else to be accountable, accountable for. Yeah. I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like it, it's not just doing it for my, I think. I've actually had this idea for a really long time that I wanted to do brunches and I didn't do anything about it until I met you. Um, so, because I just I had that massive like fear of failure, and like, oh, I don't mm. want to do it if it's not going to be perfect, or you know, mm. which is really interesting. I wonder if that's just something that's like ingrained in us as women. I or... think it's definitely quite conditioned, and yeah. I think mm-hmm. when someone like Cheryl Sandberg says to lean in, that's all very well, and we do all have to lean in, but you're leaning into male-dominated spaces. It's, it takes a lot more bravery to do that, and I think a lot of the time it's quite important to have some sort of positive discrimination. So investment that's for women run at businesses only or in the arts there are often prizes that are for women only and I think yeah. that's sometimes quite good because it, it gives step up in a space that is you know you're, you're talking to women the judges are women and it's creating your own world like underneath or within the patriarchy. I totally agree with that because like I think when you do lean into something like a boardroom for example that can be very corporate um, I think the standards that are set of success and like of the benchmarks that you should be hitting were set by men. And so it's like, you don't, I don't think that you have to be necessarily um, masculine in order to succeed as a female entrepreneur. Like, I don't think you should have to present yourself as less feminine in any way Mm -hmm. in order to be taken seriously. And lots of us think that success means being, you know, strong, brave, loud, Mm -hmm slightly arrogant but that's a very masculine version of success i think you can come at it from all angles yeah totally and like rebuilding and rewiring how mm. we think about success and how we can chime in and I, I was told um at uni that to make it as an illustrator you had to be really cutthroat yeah um and i found actually it's better to just be nice and friendly to people and then you mm. get much more respect in that way yeah um, yeah so and, and like gone through. yeah just being nice like um, one of the girl power gang who I work for, one of their things is don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and it really is. I just think that, you know, it's amazing. And it's like, whenever you're not nice to someone, they're not going to want to work with you again, or they're not going to want to do anything with you again. And just being nice. I, I always find that just being myself is just so much better and actually less stressful. Yeah. yeah. Like so trying to be something saying, you're not um, is... About the masculine, trying to become this macho person to succeed in, um, in business and stuff. In fact, the most um, help I've had from reaching out and talking to sort of people like you is that admitting that we all have our really bad days, and especially if you're starting your own business and you're doing it by yourself and you're a bit lonely, or whatever. Talking to other people, having a network, you know, realizing that you what you put on Instagram or whatever isn't the full story. You know, there are mm-hmm. days where you just go, oh no, I can't get a bad day, or oh, it's all just got a bit too much, or I just don't think this is going anywhere. And realising that there's lots of other people thinking exactly the same thing. Yeah, and supporting one another. Exactly. My dissertation on my MA was titled Sticking Up for Soft, because I think so often people don't credit softness and kindness, as we're saying, and often it's Mm. about being, you know, hard and and 
you know, penetrating. No, no emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what kind of... Oh, sorry. Go on, go I was going to say, I mean, what you're all talking about is how you run your own businesses in a very sort mm. of feminine approach, which is all great. But that review you were talking about, Pip, isn't that saying that it's much harder as a woman to actually get money yeah, for it is. setting up a business? Yeah. And it's interesting because just hearing you all talking about it, you think, if I was going to invest in somebody, I think I would invest in somebody who's a bit more cautious and a bit more thoughtful about what they do. It's more yeah. likely to succeed. They'll have worked yeah. out all the pitfalls before going for it. So there's a, it seems to me there's a terrible mismatch if it's yeah, really true it that more women apply for money and presumably get turned down. Yeah, only one in every £10 is invested in a female business. Yeah. Maybe oh. what you're doing is absolutely amazing, in fact, if you think of that, because really perhaps if those boardrooms are dominated, the people who make the decisions by men, mm. if something like the economy takes off, you are able to say, look, guys, these this is these are all businesses that are headed up by women. Mm. They're successful businesses. We're sourcing stuff from them. You know, we're really promoting women. And mm. the boardroom then perhaps has to sit up and think, well, that's interesting. Those are all those businesses. As you said when we first started this conversation, nobody ever thinks of asking whether your food or whatever you're buying is from no. a single-headed business. There's lots of other questions you might ask, but that is a brand-new question. And so you're in a way helping to be part of the solution. You know, every pound matters, right? So if we, every bit of money that we spend, maybe we should like make more of a conscious effort to spend it with a female producer because a lot of female businesses close down within the first few years as well. Mm. And we've got to keep them going because it's, they're the kind of people that you inspire to be, you know, yeah. you, you look up to. So it's great to champion them. Often we go for the cheapest option, which is completely found out in some, you know, that is often just something that we have to do. But um, if you think about it, when stuff's super cheap, it's because it's mass produced. You know, if you're really thinking about everyone thinks about locally sourced, organic, that kind of thing. So if they're going doing that anyway, they might as well think about exactly who's making their food or coming up with the product as well. Yeah. Is it like, do we just need to start to like move towards buy-in? more of these female products and like having like like we were saying before like having a database of like like how do you find out if a product is run by a female you know googling every single product when you're in a supermarket is quite time consuming <laughs> yeah um but i think that's what's nice about the economy as well because it's not something i've really considered before either yeah. so you always hear about what's sustainable what's eco-friendly i think it's just starting that conversation and making people think oh yeah, yeah. maybe i should I was going to say the same this morning has been really eye-opening because yeah. I normally buy things to sort of try and support sustainability or the environment yeah. or something, you know, but yeah. not the person behind the product who's making it. I haven't really thought about that before. Mm. So I think that's good. I feel like, I know we haven't spoken about having children and everything, but like in general, you know, we can now have, everyone's very happy having children much, much later, you know, I don't know, when people before had children much earlier on, I said we now have a lot longer to start businesses um, if people are happy to have children in their 30s, late 30s, you know, it means that we have all this time to actually start businesses, which is really exciting. Yeah. So I think we should like hold on to that. And now's the time to, you know, support yeah. people that want to because there's now the option. Not that there wasn't the option before, but just people happen to have children. And it doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't have a business at the same time as having children. So one thing that I found really interesting is one of the reasons that this report said that women don't start a business or stop is because of childcare. Um, however, like for me, like starting up my own business was because I wanted to build, I want to build a business around the life that I want, which mm. would include looking after children maybe in the future. And I think a lot of women that I know that own their own businesses, like 
manage to look after, you know, they look after their children really well. Um, so I don't think, and I don't think that that would ever stop me, but I don't know, was that like, do you think that that's a factor? Like, well, for me, um, I think sort of my vision uh, for the future is if I do potentially want to have children, um, I can build up a client base now and then work from home being an illustrator um, yeah. and work remotely. Like making it work for you. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the like really encouraging things, that, which is why women should go into business themselves, is to do that. Then obviously if their business gets really big and scaled up, then it's, you know, completely different. You can different. always employ other people <laughs> you to do yeah. um, stuff that's like on the groundwork. I think, mm. like, you know, you can still have, um, be able to give like directions and like be a director mm. without having to always get like you can set it up to work remotely mm. and I think that's definitely been one of the factors in mm. my vision of my future that I want to be able to manage my own time and, and, and be able to travel be able to take care of my family um, which is amazing because yeah. you were saying fidelity that when you set up your farm I think, yes, well, so I, I mean, I brought up four children um, and run the farm from home. So that, that's very easy sort of juggling to do in a way. Um, but hearing you all talking it makes you realise that it's, it's a very unfair, if, if the reason people are not giving women funding is because they're worried about what they're going to have children, carefully women, clearly women think incredibly carefully about how that yeah. would fit into their mm -hmm. lives. And so it's not the bank's responsibility to decide that, it's the no, woman's it's responsibility. Yeah. She's thought about it and you, you're all thinking about when you have children, you're planning for that. So it's... Um, it's know, a fascinating reason as to why you, yeah. why one of the, you know, and it's, and I know that's the reason why in the workplace women don't get promoted or, you know, mm. within hospitality. I think I read some facts about a lot of women um, when they're older leave hospitality because of, they've had children or because there's no childcare, because of the hours and, uh, and stuff like that. But it, it is, yeah, I don't know what I was going to go on to say then. <laughs> Stemmed off. Yeah. But yeah, you would think that that wouldn't be a reason for yeah. not getting funding. But it is it funding was... for that reason. Because yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's more support. That's yeah. it. You need a bit more support. But also, us. you're not, yeah. I mean, the sort of pregnancy and maternity leaves and companies are often really unfair because it costs them a lot. And if you're an independent business owner, you're not costing anyone anything. If you no. that, if you secured some funding, that's your plan, and that's all you need, yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, had any of you before we invited you to this brunch? Had any of you really thought about where you spent your money in terms of the female economy? Like, no, no, I no. no. Yeah. Okay, so this is good. We've awoken the only yeah, because yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is what economy. we really, yeah. yeah, this is what we really want to do, and you know. Um, but it's also not really important to be, it's not just, you know, obviously you can't only buy from females and we're not saying don't support male. It would be useful yeah. to know which brands, brands were founded by women mm. and led by women. Yeah. Um, perhaps brands could help the consumer by putting more of that into the forefront of their yeah, marketing. I, yeah, that's that really interesting. Do you think... someone would be put, like, maybe put someone would think that someone would be put off if you were on the kimchi mm. packets made by... Ladies, or I don't know. Well, I found that this is a bit tricky for some because I've worked with many women um, founders, and some of them, if not most of them, are not very eager to put their face in front of the brand. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but that makes it 
trickier you know, for the consumer to find out who is the founder of the brand. Is it a female? Is it a male? Who are we going to support? So this is for me another issue that we have to tackle to uh, encourage women, female founders to to speak up and put themselves out there. Yeah. yeah, be proud and you know saying that I'm a female founder is not um, a dirty connotation um, or something that yeah, it almost um, feels like there's shame around yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But why? Like you know, there's no mm. there's no shame around founding mm. your own business. So you're not labeled as you know. Um, something that should yeah. be avoided. Um, That's very so, interesting because yeah. with my business, I'm really proud to sort of say that I'm a female. But actually, one thing uh, I do try and hide from clients is my age because I feel like if people oh, knew how young I was, they'd think, "Oh, she's inexperienced. We can get her for cheaper." Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's sort of a different yeah, issue. Yeah. And I, yeah, act, I try and act older as well in client meetings. So maybe that's something that happens in business women sort of try and take on more yeah but also like isn't it interesting like I just don't think that would would a a male 24 year old have that same I don't think they would no (laughs) but I yeah but like I when I was like 24 I definitely thought oh you know you don't want to tell anyone your age or yeah I think there's definitely more like kind of mentorship available actually for men for younger yeah there is yeah and something that i found really disappointing that i think that um i saw recently in reaction to the me too movement was that less and less men wanted to put themselves available as mentors to women because they're they're fearful of the of what what could possibly occur um which is really disappointing um that is really disappointing because you want we just need support and you need help, whether it's from a man or a woman. Yeah, you know? both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't really matter what gender you are. No. Like, you know, business advice is business advice. Are there, um, like, programs and stuff to get females into farming or others? Like, do people do um, apprenticeships or...? I haven't really come across any, but I've, I mean, I, I'd be interested to know what the intake is in agriculture college. But we we do so we have vet students, for instance, who come and work yeah. on the farm at Lamming. They're all women. There's, really? I, I would have said there are probably more vet student female vet students at the moment than male, as far as I can see. But whether that reflects on the wider farming industry, I'm not really sure. Mm. I was thinking about your mentoring. My our daughter's a journalist and. She, there's an amazing female mentoring that goes on for female journalists. I mean, it seems it's just really wonderful for her to have that. And maybe one of the things that you could be thinking about is that, I mean, there are, there are women who are higher from businesses and powerful, and it's to try and appeal to them and see if some sort of mentoring can happen as, an, as a sort of spring off from your, the sort of thing that you're trying yeah. to do yeah. now, because that seems to me would be so helpful. And I thought something that successful people, female who've been doing it for years, maybe even retired, would be really delighted to yeah. offer that. Support. I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of mentoring um, schemes that I've come across. And I think, um, I think it's, I don't know, it's hard to find out who you would get mentored from or like, and I always think with those things, like, I'm not good enough to apply. <sighs> it's, it's one of my things, I'm not, you know. But that's the thing, I think female women kind of yeah. suffer from this like imposter syndrome mm. a lot, yeah. where they don't put it up, put up I themselves I definitely up have the impos- imposter yeah. syndrome. And yeah. even when you're totally qualified to be there, it's a bit like, should I really be here? Yeah. <laughs> I found yeah. something Do I really about fit? working in restaurants where <clears throat> at the beginning, you know, one day we, one of the chefs 
um, cook star food for everyone that works there. And that's almost the scariest thing you can do because you're cooking for your colleagues, right? Rather than strangers that you don't hear their feedback, right? It's the mm -hmm. other chefs. And you also have to make food from all the leftovers and just things you can get your hands on, right? And at the beginning, I'd, I'd cook it and I'd be like, it's not very nice, you know, it's fine. And then everyone would be like, yeah, it's fine. And then I realized what everyone else did. They cooked it and they went, guys, you've got to try this. This is awesome. <laughs> And then I just started following suit, and you just you just, just brag about it and say it's wonderful, and everyone believes you. <laughs> it's like it's. And I really yeah. noticed every time they put something up, they'd have such confidence. You know, yeah. it was just the way they That's did it. All about that. And I'd literally be apologising for it as I put it down. But I'm sorry, it's probably <laughs> disgusting. You know, and actually, yeah. I'm a complete believer in that, and I've sort of changed the way I network or meet people now. And when people ask what I do, I say. I'm a freelance illustrator. Even when I had a part-time job, I'd say I'm a freelance yeah. illustrator. Mm -hmm. Whereas a friend... You have to believe it yourself, don't yeah, you? Yeah, whereas yeah. I um, introduced a friend and she was really shy and she said, oh, I'm sort of a photographer, I'm sort of this, I'm sort of that. And I just thought, no. And then mm -hmm. I introduced her for her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's She's really amazing hard to believe in yourself. Yeah. And actually, I find that it's my friends that believe in me the most, but it, it is hard to believe in yourself and say that you are something I hate that's actually one of like the questions that I hate the most when someone asks what do you do yeah and I'm like oh yeah. well, <laughs> um I do this you know you get you like make it I'm really make excuses and maybe you know owning what we do would be really good yeah making yourself smaller is such a habit bad habit mm. but um it's something that we definitely do yeah I also think it's a very English trait I know that you're not English or Greek no but, Greek yeah, um, it is. We do I that think. there as well. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, that's what, one thing that I love about Americans, whenever you meet them, they're so confident and bullshit. Yeah. They're just like, I do this. And, I, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, there's lots of, there was an article on the Sunday Times coming up um, when I was reading, and the chief medical officer to the government has been a woman. I can't remember her name now. And she's um, she suffers from this syndrome of thinking she's never going to be good enough. And she's just been... Um, offered the job of becoming the next master, presuming called mistress of Trinity College, Cambridge, right. I think it is. And she's still going along thinking, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this job. <laughs> yeah, and there she's been the chief medical officer of the government. Yet that, in, uh, perhaps that is a very female trait to have, is yeah. to just always underestimate yourself. And I think the best thing that we can do is to support each other and shout about each other. One yeah. thing that I like really think's important is to shout about people that you know and that people that you meet and what they do yeah. um, because they're probably not going to do it for themselves and also yeah. just pass things on yeah and share their knowledge support the economy for yeah. other females it's so important I think like also part of it is that like there's a sense of competition that's like been I don't know cultivated a, almost yeah, like to compete for male attention perhaps like maybe that's part of Growing up as a girl, um, you kind of. Oh, there's only one like female can do it, so you have. Yeah. Competing for less spaces, I think. Yeah, yeah. you're competing yeah, for less spaces for all yeah. of us, and we can all make it. Yeah. Yeah, we can all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And just got to help each other out, and that's what we kind of we want to do with this. It's like show people that they, you know we can all support each other, and we can all help each other out, let people meet each other. Well, so um, you can learn so much from different industries, you exactly. know. I think you learn so much yeah. from meeting women that you, you know. You can become so much in your own little bubble with your own friend. Like exactly. Meeting like loads of different people, you open up and you're like, wow, I didn't know that. But you also know. with yourself, if you just if you're running your own business, whatever. If you're on your own so much. Yeah. yeah. It's very really important to talk to each other, I think. Yeah. Totally. Um, there's this mentality that my friend works at Ashoka, which is this amazing organization where they provide like a network for social entrepreneurs around the world and they do amazing things. 
um, like you know members include like Lord Bird from like Big Issue and like mm. it's very diverse and you know they're cleaning up the oceans and it's all amazing. <laughs> um, but there's a term that they use for the men- mental state of the entrepreneur, which I think is like really applicable and has helped me so much in like stabilizing my own internal conflicts is um the delusional narcissist like if you feel like a delusional narcissist you're probably on the right track (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so you have to have that like like solid belief in what you do and your vision but you know everyone suffers from self-doubt and if you do then you're actually a sane person (laughs) yeah 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 definitely makes sense if you've made it to the end of the podcast, well done for sticking around. <laughs> That's oh my god, too boring. Like <laughs> it was our first one, it was our first brunch, so we welcome any feedback. Please, like, just send us a message. Like, yeah, just let us know if you want to help out, if you want to get involved. We would love to work with you. Yeah, any help, any yeah. support. Let's all help each other. Yeah. Support the forgotten me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>